Hi guys, and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Wow, what an amazing woman Shoshana Bean is. And also, if you have missed my first three with the incredible Kimberly Walsh, Arlene Phillips, and Beverly Knight, go check them out because those interviews are amazing. So this week, I have a cracker for you. I met this particular vocalist way back in... 2004 maybe and we recorded a duet of come what may I mean his voice blew me away he came out of the opera scene and wanted to be a rock star I think and still does (laughs) but he's an incredible vocalist you may have seen him with Mr Michael Ball on tour but for now let me introduce you to Alfie Bow. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm probably pretty lucky that we're on lockdown because you're uber busy right now. And well, <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. How's yeah. it going? No, how, how are you finding it? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. But um, it's it's a, a real learning process, I suppose. Isn't you know, when, when you have been going a million miles an hour and then to have everything sort of stopped and, and and you're not you're not allowed to do anything or go anywhere it's, it's it, it is quite unusual for me because I, I, I I've not stopped for years um, but yeah. one of the you know one of the positive things about this is um, it, you know is that I'm getting to be with my kids and be yeah. a dad again you know and be a, a husband as well and so I'm 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 blessed in that way because it's 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 something that I, I, I I've sort of um, I don't want to say neglected, but not taken advantage of or realised how special it is to be at home and to be with your kids and be with your wife and 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 and, and because I've always had that mentality of like right I've got to earn a living mm. I've got to pay for the mortgage I've mm-hmm. got to pay for the bills do the schooling all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's that's been me since that's been me all my life, really. Because yeah. I I remember saying to my parents, when I'm 11 years old, mum, can I get a Saturday job? You know, <laughs> and 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 I did, and and she you know she she let me do it. And so I I in a way I've always loved working. I've loved being on the go. I've loved being able to um, provide for myself. Back then, or now provide for my family. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it in a way. That sounds really weird, but I am, I'm enjoying being at home and being with the kids. Yeah. No, I think, I think it seems very logical. I mean, I, I, I think um, because of where you are as well in your, in your career at the moment and things have just gone mental and, you know, you're doing amazingly and it's so amazing to Thank watch. You. And, um, you know, maybe if this had happened at an, at an earlier point in your career you may have may have felt differently about it but it must have been yeah, difficult because yeah. you you know you were like you you know especially you and, and Michael you know you guys were out you were doing massive albums massive tours I mean we, is that what was about to happen for you were you guys about to do another tour we we um uh actually were very fortunate that we just finished our tour we literally um I think two or three days later the whole country went on lockdown, um, so we'd we'd lit, we'd actually just finished our tour. We'd finished performing. Our last performance was at the um, O2 Arena. Oh, just casual, we, yeah. <laughs> <It's> a casual <laughs> venue. Just a, 
it's, it's just a bigger bit. It's just a bigger building, Kerry. You know. <laughs> yes, we know it's not though. It's really the O2. It's well, amazing. It, it's a cool place to play. So we 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 um we just finished on the road. We just uh, completed that, and and so we were we were fortunate. We were lucky to be able to get all our shows done. Yeah. Um, I've not had uh, much work cancelled i think there's a couple of things over the summer that probably won't aren't well definitely won't be happening but a lot mm-hmm. of my major work a lot of my main stuff um it has been postponed and been put it's off smooth. to next year so yeah, yeah. so i've been uh, yeah lucky about that really um but you know i, I don't uh, you know i don't take that for granted i'm very fortunate to have to have the work and there's a lot of people that are you know, suffering in a in a worse worse position than, yeah. than myself when it comes to work, which is sad. But you know, you gotta you know try and help those that you can and and and, and be there be there for them. Oh, it's it is, yeah, it's tough, and I I do think perhaps this kind of this kind of rebalance as well. You know, we're 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 forced into a situation, and we are spending time with our families and stuff, and it is great. I mean, do you kind of balance? Do you try and specifically balance like a, a work life um, routine, or or do you just kind of take what comes in, or do you make sure that you pe- you know put in two weeks a year or to go on holiday with your family, or to try and stay home much? I mean, how do you how do you figure it out? Especially now when you're so busy and things are getting busier, how do you do that? The first time I I really sort of focused on on taking a holiday was. I'd probably say about two years ago. Yeah. Um, we we planned really for the first time on on having a family vacation. <laughs> it was very different for me because I thought, no, 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 I can't, I can't go on holiday. That's not what I do. I don't, I don't do holidays. <laughs> I don't take I, time off. I work. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'd send, a, I'll send everyone else on holiday, and I'll carry on working and blah blah. blah. So I had really, I had literally had a holiday for. I'd not gone away with the family, not had a break, not had a holiday, official holiday for about eight years. Wow. Um, um, uh, so I'd, I'd been touring, making albums, touring, making albums, g- summer gigs. And so I was incorporating breaks with the family mm. um, while I was working at the same time. So it, it'd be like a, a weekend away somewhere or a two two nights in a hotel, but that hotel incorporated the fact that I had to do a concert there course, or a concert yeah. in the festival. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's things like that. But now, now um, my mindset has completely changed because I'm I'm uh, um, I'm pretty much focused on the holidays more than the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> So I got I got in, I got into booking holidays. I found it a really cool hobby. Holidays are fun. Yeah, they are. They really are. So I'm 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 not not in not in denial anymore on how good a holiday can be for you. And important, um, it is important because I think early on when we're all, when we're all starting out and you do, like you say you just don't take holidays because you can't can't plan no. for the time. So you're always on the go. So you don't schedule them in. And I don't. I don't think we realise how how important that kind of just time to stop is and to switch yeah, off and yeah. to take stock with your family and stuff. But um, it really is important. It is. It really is. So going back, like to where where you, where it started for you and how how things kind of came about. You, I mean, you kind of started out in the opera world. You trained at 
uh, in to sing opera, essentially, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, it wasn't really my intention. Uh, my 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 intention was was to become a a, a rock singer. <laughs> um, even, even you know, back in back in the day, I was like uh, I was always in rock bands as a kid. Started off as a drummer, sang in a couple of them, then went back to playing drums in a rock band. And, and so I was always rock music was always my first love. It was always what I I I, I um, generated to, as you can tell from my um, <laughs> from what I decided to wear today. You know, denim is my favourite material. You're in a rocker, really. You're a rocker. I am a rocker. I am, I've got my little box full of rock jewellery over there. That's, <laughs> I've got so many skull rings. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I look like a voodoo king when I'm dressed up. You know? <laughs> oh, when you come out for your big, um, you know, proper serious singing, they must say, come and take the rings off. Take the rings off. Yeah, exactly. Take the leather off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, yeah, I, I loved rock music. So that was where I, I, I um, where my heart lay. But, but, uh, but then really... <laughs> I did something completely different and became an opera singer, <laughs> which is bizarre. But how did you know, that come around? About Where did how, like, if you're in a band, you know, you it seems quite uh, quite quite a jump to suddenly go right. I'm going to go and train as an opera go singer. An I'm opera gonna, singer. Yeah, that's you must have had it in you. Well, what happened was um, I I I had a father who. Um, who was a big influence on 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 my musical education and he he um his record collection was ridiculous you know it had it, it, he had um albums of uh Jim Reeves and Slim Whitman and Don Williams all these mm. country artists then he'd have mm-hmm. Elvis and yeah. and then he'd have Sinatra and Glenn Miller and Big Band but then he had this fantastic collection of um Old operatic tenors, people like Enrico Caruso, Benjamin Ogilvy, Richard Tauber, um, Pavarotti, all mm. those guys, and it was like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was forced to listen to it, but yeah. it it was played constantly around the house. All this different type of music, and I soaked it all in. I took mm. it all in. I, I I absorbed every note, every sound, every feeling, every emotion that I was hearing. And and really, that's what I. That's why I do what I do today. You know, yeah. um, my concerts in, involve classical and country and jazz and and and, and rock. And, yeah, you know things that I love, and and I don't really see a difference. Um, music is music. You no, know, music is music. You know that word crossover is a real killer for me because it doesn't represent the music. It only represents the audience, you know, the crossover thing. That's that's interesting because because you know you like you say you do you've done a lot of different uh, a lot a lot of different styles a lot of different um, types of show. I mean, you 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 kind of started in this classical world as such um, yeah. professionally, and then kind of musicals came into your life, and you found. You found musicals, well, yeah. which was that kind of a journey? Was that kind of a did that help you transition to kind of be and like you say with the audience be seen in a slightly accepted in a in a slightly different 
area. Yeah, with, without a doubt, really. Um, be, becoming an opera singer, the reason why I became an opera singer was people said that if you want to train your voice to be a singer, train to be an opera singer because then you've you can pretty much adapt to anything. You know, mm. your voice is solid; it's the best sort of singing that you can the, that technically that you can that you can figure out and learn. So I, I, I thought, well, I, if I'm going to take it as far as I can do the opera singing, play all the opera houses, uh, which I, I, I'm lucky enough to do. And then um, I got the opportunity while I was doing operas to play um, Jean Valjean in, in Les Miserables for the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought, no, nah, that's not me. Can't <laughs> do that. No, nah, never, never seen Les Mis, don't know what it's about. It's about this geezer who nicks candlesticks in it. <laughs> and that, and and and, uh, and so, but but then my wife said, you know, you should listen to the score, listen to it. I'd never really West Side Story, I suppose, was the only musical that yeah. I'd, I'd really sort of heard. Shamefully, I admit that, you know. Um, but then uh, when I listened to Les Mis, the minute I turned it on, something inside of me clicked. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, it was something like a. A, a flame was lit, a light turned on, an energy was inside me that I thought, I'm in this. You know, when you hear that first opening, boom, 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 you know, it's like, damn it, this is amazing. This yeah. is incredible. And I was in it. And then I heard Valjean sing, when I heard Colm sing it for the first time. I thought, yeah, I, I, no, I've got this. I know this guy. I know this guy. I've known him all my life. I know yeah. Valjean. Valjean is somebody that's been living inside me for years. And that's why I always say I never go searching for roles. Roles always are either there or cross my path or come mm. into my life in characters. And 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 this guy was living inside me for a long time and waiting to get out. And And, and, and I connected with it connected with him, connected with his sentiment, with his emotion, with his life experience. I've never mm. been in prison, but, you know, there's always a first-time <laughs> Kerry. Um, you, well, know. you don't have to have done, you know, uh, reenacted every every role that you might play. No, I mean. no. I've stolen a loaf of bread when I was hungry as a kid. But I mean, <laughs> did you, because you, didn't you do, because um, you then did, you did Broadway as well. I mean, which is, it all happened did, quite quick, yeah, you know, yeah. West End, you did the O2, you were in Les Mis, you did Broadway. It did, it did yeah. Do you think it kind of, did you just all take it in your stride, or I mean, was Broadway ever on well, the on on the on the wish list, or did you just was it no? No, I mean, I mean, uh, when I got the opportunity to play Jean Valjean, like you said, it opened up doors to lots of different avenues of music for me. It opened the door to more contemporary stuff. It opened the door to Broadway, um, and Broadway came about um, actually. Uh, it was before Les Mis had happened. The first thing I did on Broadway was um, I played the role of Rodolfo in Baz Luhrmann's La Boheme. La Boheme. Didn't that win a, a Tony, had, didn't it? That... Uh, yeah, it won a Tony, yeah. I've got my Tony downstairs. In, oh. uh, in, in, <laughs> in, in in the toilet. There oh, you go. Just, just drop that one, Clang. I'll just throw yeah, it Yeah, sorry, sorry. 
just down there. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. We all we all we were yeah. <laughs> we're all awarded um, Tony honors, which was great. That's so I'm, brilliant. I'm, I, yeah, I was I was uh, I was honored to to do that. So that was my first Broadway experience, and then the second time was was playing Jean Valjean on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Then then being poached to go over the road and play. Um, John Barry and Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I did that, and that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, my dancing was terrible, but it was a lot of fun. Did you find musical theatre was a different vocal and physical, emotional discipline to anything you'd experienced before? I mean, you'd obviously done, uh, obviously your opera, and you were strong tenor, obviously, yeah. and and you obviously had this rock history. But was musical theatre mm. something different? Um, it's a, it's it is different. Um, vocally, singing the role of Jean Valjean after doing an opera, um, I literally had come. I'd literally come from the uh, Royal Opera House after performing in a production of uh, Romeo and Juliet, and I went straight into rehearsals for Les Mis. And so I was vocally fit, and I was like, I was I was feeling strong. Yeah. Um, and singing the role of Valjean felt pretty good. It felt pretty easy to to do. Um, singing "Bring Him Home," uh, the technique that I that I use for singing uh, the high notes in "Bring Him Home," like the 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 last line, you know, "Bring Him Home," <laughs> is a technique that I use. For when I'm rehearsing in lame in, in operas was right. this technique called marking. Yeah. Um which is uh what you do to save your voice mm-hmm. during a rehearsal because you're singing without any amplification. So when you of do course. that sort of you know, you you know, you 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 have to mark your voice, you have to save the the voice during a rehearsal process. Then the closer you get to productions, the more you sing out, the mm. more you get it flowing. So when I came into musical theatre, the thing about musical theatre is the stamina that you have to have yes. to continually do it over and over again. Yeah, because opera is very different, isn't it? You do less. You do probably. You know, the the show is is very um it's very tough and very big and big things. But you do less shows, don't you? Within a in a short period of time. I mean, I did I did a production of uh, um, Cosi Fantuti in in, in Belgium. And I was I was working working over there, and there was literally five shows that we had to do during the season, and that lasted about a month. <laughs> so I was I was in Belgium, you know, with all that chocolate and the beer oh, and everything. That'd be lovely. And, like, <laughs> and five shows, lovely. And five shows in a month, and that was about it. That was all we had to do. Um, so yeah, it, you know, at the most, I think you'd probably do three performances of an opera during a week yeah. in a in a in a house like English National or the Royal Opera House. Yeah. Simply because of the amount of stamina that you need to 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 sing it. But when you but so you couldn't really do like a Wagner in opera eight times a week. Yeah, of course. You'd never be off stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a it, it's a tough one, especially those big discipline. shows, yeah, like Les Mis, and uh, because they're just they're vocally massive, and, and like you say, we talk about it all the time to do eight shows of a big musical, a very big sing is 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 crazy, really. I mean, it, well, yeah, I mean, when you look at it now, there are musicals that are coming out that are as 
demanding as a full opera. Yes. You know? um, and and Les Mis is Les Mis is a, is a is a tough one to do. But there's other there's other musicals out there where where it demands the leading roles to stay on from beginning to end. Yeah. And to do that eight times a week is. Have tough. you ever had any any vocal trouble or anything? Have you ever lost your voice and it's. Uh, you know, because the ish, the mental health issues with that. I mean, I've had it. And, yeah. You know, it's yeah. our it's our tool. It's our it's our livelihood. Have you ever had any moments where you thought I'm in trouble here? This is gone, or I can't do this show tonight. It's amazing what you can put your voice through. It's amazing yes. how strong a voice can be and what yeah. you can get yourself. Sometimes I've started the performance of Les Mis feeling like, oh, I can't do this. I just haven't got the energy. I just can't. And it's been the best show of my life. Yeah. You know, and I've got through it because of the passion, the energy, the adrenaline. But there was one time that I was working for English National Opera where I was um, playing uh, the role of Nadir in uh, in The Pearl Fishers mm. um, by Bizet. And there's a scene in there where, I, where they project an image of me swimming at the back, you know. So I had to do this full day of um, swimming, of film being filmed, swim, yeah. swimming, fully clothed, with the wig on and everything, like I was a pearl fisher. Yeah. So diving down, and this pool was just so, it was big. I nearly drowned two or three times. <laughs> to my I, dying I, they had divers. <laughs> I know, they had divers in the water and they couldn't bring me up fast because wow. I would have got, the bends because yeah. the, the the pool was that deep. Wow! You were supposed to get out and shower, wash all the chlorine off, and then do the next scene. I wasn't doing that. I was staying in the water and just doing scene after scene after scene. Wow! So I got chlorine poisoning, oh. and I lost my vision. <gasps> um, I went I went blind for about forty eight hours. I couldn't oh see. God. I got chlorine poisoning. I was sick. I was awful. And now and and this all came about. Um, while I was doing a performance of the show, so after the filming of the of the of the swimming, I'd gone blind. Forty eight hours later, I I got my vision back, and then I had to go and do a performance. <gasps> Went back on stage to sing the show. This chlorine poisoning was still in my system, and I started being sick in the wings, being oh, sick in the dressing room. Well, that's fatal. I couldn't sing; my voice had just gone. So I, yeah, that was the only time that I'd really had any major vocal issues i've been lucky touch wood where it's just always been a cold or fatigue yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know just normal things infection that, yeah just normal stuff really that must have been so frightening because like you say to suddenly lose one of those a vital sense or and, and something that yeah. you earn your living from must have been terrifying it, it is and this, and and it and it was because you i wasn't really getting much support <laughs> with it as well you know nobody was really helping me you know it's like yeah. just get on stage and sing your bloody notes you know all that sort of stuff and it's, it's like, hard isn't it i think that's 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 kind of one of the difficulties <laughs> of what we do people just they, yeah. they kind of forget we're human and that you have to just get on and do it and the, the stress of that is is really tough yeah it is really We'll be back with Alfie in just a minute, but if you are enjoying the episode, please subscribe and maybe check out the other guests that I had on earlier on in the season. And you can head over to the Apple Podcast Store and maybe leave a five-star review. Thanks. The reason I wanted to do this podcast, one was because, you know, I knew everyone was in lockdown and I knew I'd get to speak to those people that are super busy and um, they perhaps might want to chat to me for a little while, which was great. Um, but... Um, I w- I've been talking about it a lot recently about the 
kind of the aftermath when you do something massive and we're in, we're talking to you know very um experienced professionals that have done lots of amazing things like yourself and when you do those huge momentous moments in your career say you like you've done the o2 or you've done um some massive concerts or performances broadway west end whatever it is the kind of the come down after it the aftermath those kind of bits between not really you know you might be going on to another job it's not it's not kind of the anxiety about where the next job is coming it's the it's the dealing with the normality after the un, uh, unnatural position that we're normally in. We're surrounded by lots of people. It, you're being a star. You're being clapped. You're it, the. It's a. It's a very um, not normal situation. And then you go back to literally you wake up and you're making breakfast for your kids and you're you know the normality kicks in very quickly. And not to say that we all don't embrace like the balance and the family life, but it's a very different beast and it's the the adjusting time I find odd you know it's it's weird to deal with and I just wondered if you have any if you go through the same thing or if you kind of it doesn't affect you or or how it how it is for you if you've even had it yeah I I, yeah I I have um it's a real this job can really disconnect you from real life yeah from your from your family from from what life is is really about um there there was a time where i was living in america we had we had a beautiful place over there in a lovely lovely part of the world and the family was were were comfy the kids were going to a great school my wife had a friends and family over there and and so it was it was I felt I was doing everything right. You know, I felt that things were things were going okay, family are safe, family are happy. I can go and work and and do my thing and just come back when I can and and for about 6 years um I traveled back and forth from America to England to Japan to Australia wherever mm-hmm. all over and 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 tried to continue this this mindset of of this is what I do. This is my life. My job is this. So it was spent. It was spent um, really with a lot of loneliness. It was it was mixed in there. There was a lot mm. of loneliness. There was a lot of but but my own mind telling me that this is what my life is now. This is what I have to do. I have mm-hmm. to do this to survive. To look after the kids and all that the. the, 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 the kids wanted and my wife wanted was for us to be together together and 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 yeah and not not to live life like this and life is too short and 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 I've I've come to probably realize over the last you know Carrie really probably over the last year Mm. how important it is to 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 cherish these moments to cherish this time yeah my last tour that I did with Michael um you know, I cancelled. I cancelled every hotel um, on the road that I would have been staying at. You mm-hmm. know, so I cancelled. We were travelling, did the whole of the UK, all the major cities, and I cancelled every hotel and paid for a, for a, a car home every night to get home. Yeah, you know. And there was times when I drove myself to and from my gigs, and I thought, I want to. I just no, I want to sleep in bed. 
I want to wake up with the kids, get breakfast, and 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 keep that connection. Mm. And it and it it does take a bit of effort to 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 do that yeah. to sort of but but when you do do that, it makes such a difference. I was when I was doing um, Les Mis last year with Michael on uh, in the in the West End. Mm. Um, I would travel into work on a Tuesday. Luckily, I could I, I wasn't doing eight shows a week I was doing five a week yeah so I would I would go in on a Tuesday perform Tuesday night stay overnight perform Wednesday night come home Wednesday after the show drive home mm. I live in Gloucestershire so it was a two-hour drive cool. That's a big spend it, yeah it was but it was worth it because I could get up on a Thursday spend the whole day with the kids, do the breakfast, do a school run, yeah. pick them up at night, have dinner. And then I would get in get in the car, go back to work on a Friday, do performance Friday night, two shows on a Saturday, drive home on a Saturday night. And I did that for four months. Mm. But it, it it made such a difference for me and I think for the for the family is that dad wasn't away yeah. from home for four yeah. months. Dad was going to be home... You know, was on your way for two nights a week. Mm. It's and, almost and, like an extreme night to five, nine to five, isn't it? I guess because I think yeah, working parents yeah. have, I, I think all working parents have have similar struggles. I mean, people that do nine to fives, they they don't get to do the school run, and they by the time they get yeah. home, they're not really seeing much of their kids. And we have it in a different way. We kind of spend time yeah. when we have a few days off, so it's, it's intense time. But then we could be away for long periods, and it it is really difficult. And yeah. I think it does cloud. It's hard to deal with that mentally. It's kind of because essentially we want to we want to do it all, and it and it's really yeah. hard. It is really hard. The biggest thing that I've had to learn recently, and 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 it's it's the same old same old thing you hear over and over again. But just learning how to say no. <laughs> yes. And 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 when you've said no, not worrying about it. Yeah. You know, there's two things that go go together with that. You know, I've said no in the past and then fretted like crazy and like, mm-hmm. oh, have I ruined my career? Yeah. What, you know, is this is this the end of it? What if I had done this? What if I... it's saying no and letting it go? Oh, I like that. And, say no, and, let it go. Say no, let it go. <laughs> I like that. It is hard, you know, I, and I think also people, especially you know, young students that will listen to this, what I think will find it really inspiring to know that you've been through that as well and, and you have those normal moments and that that struggle, even at, at your level, I think they'll be really inspired yeah. to hear that, which is really good. Um, there's a brilliant thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, your relationship with Matt Lucas. And <laughs> there wasn't, didn't, if I got this right, I might have got it wrong, but didn't he post um, something ages ago of you on YouTube singing Ness and Dormer in your kitchen? Was yeah, it Matt in his Lucas? kitchen, yeah. And it was, Matt, yeah, yeah. How did, I mean, one, how how were you friends in the first place? Like, where, what was the introduction and how did that come about? And how amazing, I mean, what brilliant timing. That was, it, people went nuts yeah. for it. <laughs> I mean, it's now well, what we, we need, we, isn't it? We all need to sing in our kitchens <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Matt, Matt was um, part of uh, the 25th anniversary of, of Les Mis. He played, he played Tenardier. Yeah. So we, um, we became... We became good friends, and uh, he invited me to. Uh, he said, "Where is again?" Because I was I was working away from home. We were living in Americas, but I was working away from home. And he said, 
where are you staying? And I said, oh, I'm living in, I'm staying in a hotel at the moment. Um, he said, oh, why don't you move out of the hotel, come and stop at my place. I've got an, I've got a massive house and, it, and it's full of people. And I turned up and it was, it was literally like a hostel. There was all these people <laughs> coming left, right and said, it was great. So, so I had like a, a, a little attic room at the top and it was, it was, it was awesome. It was really good fun. And so me and Matt for like, just a bit of fun started to sing in his kitchen while making dinners and stuff. And, and then he, rec- he recorded me singing Ness and Dorma and then posted it. And and then, you know, next minute you're getting messages from Johnny Depp and Jennifer Aniston. And oh, all that my sort of God. Stuff. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was, it, it was funny. But, um, yeah, and then we did the, yeah, we, we called them the Kitchen Warbles. We did a few <laughs> of them. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant! And so, so we become yeah, we're, we're we're good mates. We're good mates. He's doing he's doing well for himself. I know. Hasn't he got you to do Mr. Potato yet? Did <laughs> you not get on he's the Mr. Potato? <laughs> I think he's Brian's a, he's just done it. To do, yeah, who has? Sorry? I think Brian's just done it. I think he's wrote for Brian. Mate, Brian oh no, he did. He's done it. I think I think he's done it with Gary Barlow, Rick Astley, Brian, <laughs> and and he's asked me to do it. And it's like, oh, you gotta I do don't it. Know. You gotta do it. Oh really? Oh, oh well, he's, he's, yeah. I'll have a go. I should. I should do. Oh, oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm um, doing so much. I'm getting asked to do so much at the moment. Yeah. It's like. Um, I've, I suppose you have to be careful about how much you do, and because there's so many charity things that I'm doing yeah. in the minute that, for the NHS that I want, you know, that uh, I do as much as I possibly can it, just to entertain it? and make people laugh. But. It is, yeah, it's a tough yeah. time, isn't it? And it is funny because suddenly we're all in our homes. Everybody knows we're in our homes and they know we can sit and do things. But it's, it exactly, has become yeah. quite busy, ironically, when we're all sat yeah. at home not working and we all seem to be working. <laughs> it's like, exactly, and it's like, well, if I call them now, I know exactly where they're going to be. You know, yeah, <laughs> they're going to they be at home. They can't answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, they can't answer. And that's, that's including my mother and it's like, she never answers the phone. <laughs> that's brilliant I love that um give me your I mean again there's probably loads but give me I ask this to everybody your highest moment your best moment for you personally it could be anything it could be something small or something massive just the thing that's made you feel the best in your career oh professionally um I'd probably say um recording a wonderful song for my album. Uh, it was uh, from the movie Moulin Rouge. I remember recording uh, Come What May with uh, oh, She Was Outstanding. Oh, some singer. Absolutely outstanding. I lo- that's the best response I've had. There you go, Kerry. Oh, 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 you know what? I'm so proud of that song that we got to do. And people still message me about yeah. it. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so grateful that you asked me because it was a long time ago. And and it was, I didn't yeah. know you very well then. And it was, it was, it was so magical. And it, it, I'm so proud of it. So yeah, I'll take that. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, and okay. So the other end of the spectrum, what's been the toughest moment, kind of your lowest point? Um, again, it can oh, be absolutely anything. Wow. wow. Um, oh, lowest point. There's, there's been a, there's been, it, 
life is a roller coaster. Life Isn't is it? a crazy, yeah. a crazy uh, thing. Um, the last twelve months for me has been probably a, a real awakening in 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 life for me. Um, you know, I hit. I hit quite a rock bottom about a year or so ago, um, and and it 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 wasn't nice. So I mean, I won't really go into too much detail, but but it 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 was a culmination of things. You know, pressure of the job, yeah. being away from family, being yeah. away from home, yeah. depression, loneliness. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 you 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 turn to so many things to try and combat that and to try yeah. and ease that pain um so i've been i've been in 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 positions where i've i've you know my life has been risked and and all that sort of stuff and mm. people have been hurt and all that and and, and i've i've i don't have any self-pity or anything like that but yeah. i'm, I'm i i I'm seeing life in a very, very different way. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing people that I love in a very different way. I'm mm. protecting and holding people that are close to me um, so tightly now, you know, and, and and I've got a very different outlook on, on life. It's almost like being it's almost like being born again in a sense of being given a second chance. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, keeping my head together, and uh, uh, I don't, I don't drink anymore. That was one of the things that I used to turn to to try and knock out and numb myself out. Yeah, well, um, something that's used in, especially in what we do, it's it's a it's a social thing as well that that becomes quite normal, quite you know, without you kind yeah. of knowing it's normal. You finish a show, you have a drink, you know, it's a, it's yeah. it becomes part yeah. of your life, and it it, it yeah. I get that. Yeah, I finish a show and I, and and people say it must it must take you ages to to wind down and to come down and everything mm. and it's like yeah, it used to uh, because I w- I'd finish a show and be surrounded by thousands of people and mm-hmm. lovely friends on stage that I'm working with and mm. and then you'd be on your own and then the loneliness had kick in and you'd want to combat that loneliness yeah. and blah blah blah. And now it's like I finish a show and 10 minutes after the show, I'm like, I'm ready for bed, my yeah. hot chocolate and my episode yeah. of Dad's Army on yeah. my podcast, you know, and it's like I'm, 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 I like my comforts and like my, my cosiness and it's solitude. It's almost like you have to go through that, you know, our careers go up and down and, and you know, the relationships with people and it, you almost have to go through all those times to kind of uh, yeah. to find your way and to be accepting of, of of what's important and that's another reason what yeah. what this is doing for us you know this lockdown is mm. is forcing us to kind of reevaluate which is it's yeah, not a bad it thing is. it's not a bad thing the, i think the world has had to slow down exactly that and take stock of itself exactly that know. and our business is so crazy we have to be here there and everywhere and rush around you have to you know it's part yeah. of the pressure of it and staying staying in people's minds and staying relevant and staying current and it's mm. it's difficult it is difficult um but yeah, yeah I'm, i i can't thank you enough for sharing your stories and and people i think this is going to be so 
so great for young people to listen to and for especially at this time and and people that in mm. our industry listening to to you being real i think is going to be amazing so i can't i can't sure. thank you enough it's a pleasure Kerry. now before we let alfie go i just wanted to ask him one last question if you could look back on your 20 year old self and give them a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give what would that be of how to keep calm and carry on? If I had met my 20-year-old twi- self, I'd probably walk in the opposite direction. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, think, I think I would probably say... I think it's easier for me to, to, to think of saying saying it to somebody who is a 20 year old out there who's who's trying to make it is to just trust believe visualize and energize um your thoughts you know visualize your your goals visualize your thoughts trust that that life has a plan you know sometimes it might not go to the to your your plan, but life does have a plan. Mistakes that we make are planned learning exercises. They're, they're all, it's all an exercise. They're there to be, to be learned from, you know. Um, enjoy the goals, enjoy the successes, enjoy those moments. Um, and, and, as my mother used to say to me, don't let it go to your head, yes. you know? <laughs> oh, that's don't let it go to your head. Brilliant. Alfie, be real. Be real. You're, you've been so amazing. And you're a joy to have in my life and be a friend. And you're oh. just wonderful. And it's been so lovely to chat to you. I'm sorry it's not on better circumstances and we, you know, we're not out and about. And well, let's sing again together and um, all the best. Absolutely. Everything that, you know, you do. Bless your heart. It's a joy to watch you. And thank you. Thank you. Love thank to you. you and your family. Oh. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. I hope you've got something thing from this that stays with you or helps you on your journey please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the apple podcast store